Welcome to The Liberated Life. Get ready to free your mind, body, and spirit in business and pleasure. Now here's your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Liberated Life. This is your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Today, I'm really excited to have Kenya Marsh with me on the podcast. Kenya is a wellness coach who loves helping busy moms create more balance in their lives while reducing stress by practicing yoga on and off the mat. She's also the mom of two children. She's a course creator, a college professor, and a podcast host of From My Mat to Yours. So welcome, Kenya. Looking forward to having a conversation with you today about yoga and self-care and busy moms and how to do it all and how yoga helps us do it with more finesse and grace and ease. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Robin. I look forward to sharing some tips and different ways that you can make it more balanced life, trying to take over your motherhood and your career. I left the corporate setting and my husband and I agreed that daycare was just, the expenses just did not add up. It seemed like with my portion, it was just covering the daycare expenses for two kids. So being that my oldest daughter, she was of age to attend in first grade to go full-time, we had the opportunity to withdraw our son and it gave me the opportunity to dabble in homeschooling. While we were at home, I would just use the nap times, which was only like 20 minute windows to dabble into different things. I would do workouts at home. And then I stumbled uh, upon a yoga video simply because I was sore after a workout and I just wanted to find ways to relieve that soreness. Once I tried it and actually felt the relief after, I kind of got a little curious and I started to follow up with different videos. And what really pushed me over the yoga ledge was one day my daughter, she was watching me practice and asked me how to do a split. And at the time I was 31 years old. I haven't did a split in like 15 years. So I didn't want to show her a way that would be hurtful. And I looked up a yoga video on how to access that. And once I achieved that within two and a half weeks, I was a yoga fan. And from then my journey started, I started to share my struggles and my journey on Instagram with all the progress month to month I was making a lot of different people I did not know was reaching out for me asking for tips so I would share what I was doing then a light bulb went off I should teach this and there (laughs) it just went from there how I end up in the college was one time I just became a yoga teacher and I decided to put up a flyer in our local community center to offer yoga classes. And one of the residents saw my flyer. And at the time, since I was raising some money and I started to work at a new Target in our neighborhood, we met face-to-face at a checkout line. And from that on, she became my client and she enjoyed the practice so much that she had brought on some of her friends. A year later, one of the college deans reached out to her. She knew anyone who was practicing yoga or taught that and she recommended me and I've been teaching here for over a year now so it's just been like every piece is just the puzzle is just starting to fill out in this journey yeah that's a really cool story (laughs) that's awesome just sometimes being in the right place at exactly the right time opens doors we just never really imagined it's so true and when you really just 
put yourself out there. Just, just go with it. Just go with the flow. See where it goes. You will be surprised the opportunities that present itself when you fully trust the process. Yeah. And I think when you're doing something that you so clearly enjoy, people are just drawn to that, right? They're drawn to the fact that you're enjoying it. That's, I think that's how things catch with people is like, oh, she looks like she's having fun and she's in shape and she's smiling and happy. <laughs> There's something she's got that I want. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's exactly. that energy. It's, it radiates so much and it could come across in a picture even. And yeah you know, that curiosity sparks and that's all it takes at, at some points. Mm -hmm. And then of course, when you start to practice and you start to feel the changes inside and people start saying the same thing about you, then it's just like, a, oh, this is, oh, I can't, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really love fitness. I kind of dropped a lot of the stuff I was doing in 2020 because I was, you know, in jazzercise and before that had been Zumba there was so much joy in that for me. I really, really love it. And when I don't have it, I miss it desperately. And I kind of didn't realize how much I missed it. Some of my friends know my, my neighbor turned me on to getting a virtual reality headset and doing a game in there called Supernatural, which is actually not a game. It's a workout. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even, I can't stop. I cannot take a break in the middle of the day and do it because then I will be hours later going, oh shoot, what time is it? But it is, you know, it's moving to music and it's hitting targets and it's doing squats and lunges and stuff, but it's so much fun. And the minute I started back in and doing that and I went, oh, why did I ever let any time go by without fitness? Because I love the way I feel. I love it. I just love moving. And, you know, I haven't quit doing everything, but dancing and moving to music has been sorely missed in my life for this last year. So just like yoga too, right? Once you start, because I used to do yoga, once you start, you just feel so good. Yes. And when you miss a day or a week, it is just like something's missing from you and you just feel like a void. Yes. And so you start back up again. He's like, oh, what a relief. Yes. <laughs> Totally. What a relief. Yeah. It's just, it, I don't know how many of you listening feel that way, but for me and for Kenya, the moving your body, it's, it's an essential part of daily life. And I don't mean chasing kids. That doesn't count. Sorry. <laughs> That's a workout in itself. <laughs> <laughs> I've been chasing my grandson all day today. Like, okay, my goodness, buddy, we got to do school. And um, yeah, no, that doesn't count. It's busy, but it's not the same. So can you tell me a little bit? I'm curious about the kind of yoga you do. Like there are so many different kinds. Do you follow any particular type of yoga or have you just found the things that work best for you? Me, I find the things that work best for me. I am certified with Hatha yoga. I chose that style because it's the first thing that I gravitate to. It's, it's a great beginner's approach to yoga because there's gentle moves and you really get to move at a, a nice steady pace, mm -hmm. not too slow, not too fast. You can get a good, you know, heart rate up, but it's, it's consistent to where you can really be more mindful of everything you're doing. I like to do yoga with music because combining the two together is just a whole nother experience. So it's just yeah. those two together is what I like to teach because I know there's so many different styles out there. And I get, even from my students at the college, they're only familiar with the one type and it's really like a rigorous type. 
or like something you would see in a local gym. And with this one, when you introduce how to slow it down a bit, take a step back, then they realize, oh my, I could do so much more. And then they fall in love with it. So it's at that in my little take on what I picked up over the years from other styles as well into it. Interesting. Can I ask you, what kind of music do you typically put to yoga? For me, the less distracting, I love using instrumentals. So depending on if I want to have a core focus, so it's more of an upbeat, then I would like to practice with like soca style music. When I just want to be in a nice zone and keep it centered or middle, my favorite composer, is it Thomas Brunstein? He's He's also known as Two Steps from Hell. And I don't know, it's something with those instrumentals. They have some of them in a lot of cinematic movies, but it's just the theme of the music and the notes that you can really just go Mm -hmm. to that next level. Mm -hmm. And you just don't want to get off the mat when you practice. So (laughs) I like to integrate that type. Yeah, Yeah, because sometimes when you use words, you might get caught up in a song and it could take you out of the zone, (laughs) which I've done. (laughs) Well, I may have mentioned to you when we talked before that when I had my music and dance studio, I taught Zumba and I taught ballet, you know, the bar classes. If I had to, that wasn't my thing. But if there was a teacher missing, I would teach that. But then we started teaching Payo, which is the beach body version of Pilates and yoga together that seriously kicked my butt. It kicked everybody's butt. It was one of the most challenging workouts to teach and to be a part of. And it was all done to contemporary music. So I remember Radioactive was one of the songs, right? Imagine Dragons. (laughs) Yes, that's another one. Yeah, so it's super fun. I find that kind of workout really fun, but not necessarily to be in a flow because I do get distracted. I'm like, oh, it's gonna power up because it's this song, right? And I start to know the playlist and I anticipate. So I like the idea of instrumentals where there's a lovely flow, but you're not getting pulled in by the words. So do you find that when you're working out with music like that, you can concentrate on your form a little bit more? Form and flow. Mm -hmm. I do find it's more productive for me personally is with the form and flow. And sometimes I actually match the music not on purpose, but it just gels well. And that way it's, it's not making you move too fast, but it's making you move with the rhythm of your breath at the same time. So you don't have to overthink, but you can just be more mindful of your moves and not as distracted because you a thought popped up because you remember hearing a song from somewhere else and you might miss a form or can, you know, tweak something. That's my preference when I practice. Okay. All right. That's very interesting. So, and because I've been to other yoga classes, not Payo, because Payo is music-based and it's also quite, quite a bit of movement in Payo. It's very quick. And I've been to other yoga classes where it's like silence and there's no noise in the room, you know, except heavy breathing. Um, I've been to hot yoga, which I I was in hot yoga in Sacramento on a hot day and that wasn't so workable for me. I was like, I just got done with some room where people were really sweaty and kind of stinky, honestly. And then to come out of the hot yoga room and go into, you know, 106 degrees outside and you're like, oh, brutal. (laughs) It was brutal. So I've tried a few different things and 
you know, each have their own appeal and maybe pros and cons to them. I'm interested in finding out, Kenya, about how you use yoga as a tool to deal with just like motherhood and daily stress. How do you use it for that? What does it do for you? There's more to yoga than just the physical postures on the mat. The physical part is great to boost up the immune system, reduce the stress that way. Just being mindful. So practicing more that understanding part. And for me, it's the part of yoga that's combining a little of the kundalini yoga, which is more of working with your chakras. We have mm-hmm. seven different points in our bodies. Each of the seven hits different parts of what we feel for our emotions and how we interact. So through yoga and my self-help learning and teaching, I've learned how to become more understanding. So right now I have a a soon-to-be 14-year-old and a soon-to-be 12-year-old, daughter and son. How they think and how they want to view things does not really match up with how I expect them to do certain things. So I know the younger version of me would have been a little more rigid, but now I'm a little more understanding where we can have a, a meeting of the minds. All right. I can let you do it your way, but you have to come up with a game plan on what your end result is. So how I just have conversations with them, teach them to be more mindful of their thoughts. Like critical thinking is a big thing for me, drives them crazy, but I teach them to always think of it like an equation. If I do this, then that. So if you can just apply that to everything you're going to do before you do it, then you already know in most cases how your outcomes are going to be because you're more skillful as you grow older. So me teaching that to myself allowed me to in turn share that with them. They sometimes go in one ear and out the other, but (laughs) over time, they'll end up saying it without even realizing it. So I can notice some of the habits is starting to seep through and how they do things. You still get to be more relaxed and know how to take a breath sometimes. And sometimes even just doing a simple breathing exercise through pranayama, even just focusing on really taking all the air in your lungs, let it fully expand, stretch it out, and then release all the air down from the belly. Doing that for five minutes is a great way that helps me reset before I sometimes react. So I could be more from a clear space instead of a angry mom space. (laughs) That is so important. I work a lot with moms around discovering their triggers and how their kids help them find their triggers, right? And then get to a space where they can take a step back and observe what's happening with instead of just reacting. And it's so funny because I did that. I learned that. I employed that with my four children and they're great. They're all grownups now, right? And now I have a six-year-old grandson who's at my house like all the time for homeschooling. And I'm like, oh, I'm right back in the middle. I'm in the mix on a daily basis when he's here. And it's like, oh, yep, I'm old enough and I've done it enough. But wow, it's, it's put me in that situation that all the moms that are you know homeschooling are facing, which is there are triggers, there is resistance, there is crying. And when I was a young mom, I didn't, you know, I reacted. It was just easy to react. So having those skills that you're talking about and one way to get those is yoga and just knowing like the breathing techniques, right? The, the, The pulling back from needing to be an immediate reaction in immediate reaction 
we don't have to be there. We can take a step back. So I love that. And just to encourage you about your kids too, those skills, that's an amazing skill for them to be able to think about this action will have this consequence. We started working with our kids really seriously about that when my oldest was 12 because one of her cousins got pregnant. And so we had, a, you know, she was like 17 or 18, but still she's old enough to know. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We just started talking with our kids like, hmm, you know, cause I used, had said to them ever since they were little, I don't even know why, but you write your own script. That was the thing I always said to them, you write your own script. And, but by the time they were young teens, we were starting to talk about what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. So, and, and they do get it. And my kids are very clear, like they think things through. So just to encourage you, it didn't always seem like we were going to get there, but we're there. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> just keep doing that. Just keep giving them opportunities because, you know, I think when we don't, and I know we're off course here, I'm not talking about yoga, but when we don't give our kids opportunities to see the consequence for themselves, and then suddenly they're adults and they're not at home anymore, they're pretty shocked. Right. Exactly. Reality <laughs> sets in like, oh, this is adulthood. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's just like a whole new thing that they just feel like they're thrown with the wolves right. at times. Cause I have nieces who are like that in their young, you know, late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I wasn't prepared for this. I want to yeah. go back to teenage life. <laughs> I know, but the things that we, what you're doing with your kids is helping them be prepared, way more prepared than kids whose parents don't let them have consequences or cover the consequences or never ask them to think through like consequences of their actions. So it's a wonderful thing, Kenya. So I'm glad you're doing that. Yes. I even have it to where I have at the college, I have the opportunity to reach out to early college students. So my youngest students are 16 oh. and my oldest are in their fifties because yeah. you know, anyone can enroll. The principles, when I break down all the emotions and what leads to it and ways that you could just be more mindful of your thoughts and using a journal, it's just little things like that, mm -hmm. that they're like, wow, I never knew this. Mm -hmm. I'm so stressed out and it really helps. And when they realized I could just try this just for a little bit, because they graded on it, but I'm doing it for their benefit. Cause I'm like, I'm holding you accountable because you are responsible for what you do. And they appreciate that approach because it gives them a way they have that sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them look forward to now having a, a clear plan going into full college when they're ready and use that even in the work um, in the workspace. Wonderful. Well, I can tell you're touching a lot of lives and that's a wonderful gift, Kenya. That is really special, especially, you know, and for me, when I think about kids and kids that are teenagers, right? Like they need outside role models and they need advice from people other than their parents sometimes. It's true. <laughs> sometimes they won't listen, but they'll listen to a stranger. <laughs> totally, totally. And they'll listen to a teacher. That's what I found as, as a teacher. I noticed those teenage kids weren't listening to their parents. But if I said it to them, they were like, oh, teacher Robbins told me this. And I'm sure their parents were like, oh, I've been trying to tell you that for, you know, three years. And wow, now you want to listen. <laughs> it's all good. Well, so Kenya, here's what I'd love to do is talk a little bit about for moms that are interested or actually anyone that's listening, that's interested in getting started in yoga. 
give us some tips. Like, how do you get started? Because there are so many, like I asked you, what style do you teach, right? Because there's so many different kinds. And what, what do people really look for? What should they be looking for? Well, the what I always suggest is, one is discovering your why. Why do you want to practice yoga? What are you looking to achieve? Are you looking to achieve uh, increase the flexibility? Are you looking to reduce stress? Are you looking to build strength? By knowing what you're looking to uh, accomplish can help point you in a direction because there's so many styles that can accommodate each and one of those whys that's unique to you. So if you wanna reduce stress, then you can take a gentle class learning more such as Hatha yoga, or you can even go with restorative yoga um, because that teaches you more of slower movements, but it's allowing you to really connect with your breath. And breathing is key when you want to reduce some of that tension that you have stored in the body, especially after long days of work, sitting in traffic, then that would be like the go-to to start with. You can, if you're looking to build up strength, I always recommend like a style such as Ashtanga yoga. It's really one that's more of a power-like yoga that allows you to really challenge yourself. Mentally, it is still tied to the breath, but you're going to get a good sweat out of that style. And you're really going to get toned working with that type of a style. If you want to go right in the middle, then a style such as Hatha yoga will give you all of that in between. So you will get a good workout you will be attached to the breath, but you will have that slow movement where you won't feel that you can't keep up. Once you have that, I then recommend that you pick a dedicated time each week that you wanna do it. That way you can establish a routine because if you're gonna do it one day and one time this week and then five days later, do it a different time, you're not gonna be consistent because you're gonna forget. So I recommend using a planner, whether it's on the phone or I go old school, so I have a actual planner and I write down my week and I write down my work schedule first and then my kids schedule. And then I see where my free time is and that's my pocket. So my 30 minutes I have at least for myself is three times out of the week. And I choose that time as my yoga time and I pencil it in and then I set a reminder on the phone. So that way, when it's 15 minutes before, oh yeah, it's time to hit the mat. And I do that. In a case where you're not too sure and you have a schedule that's too sporadic, then I always recommend just trying to squeeze in 20 minutes before you go to sleep. That way you can really release that built on stress from the day and you can really enjoy a good night's sleep because your body feels great. And then you can get a nice shower and then you can really get a good you know, period of sleep. So I think those are the good starting tips to get started. Thank you. Yeah, those are great tips. I think for me, when I looked at yoga several years ago, it just intimidated me, right? Because it looked hard and people say it's rigorous. So what you said about finding something gentle and slow so you can ease your way into it. And, and I'm sure when you have new clients, right? Do you have a boot camp? Is that what it is that runs? Tell me about what you do because people can come in and online and follow you. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I on my website at Simply Fit and Curvy Yoga every week or every Sunday I do a restoring class. So it's like at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I help you unwind from the stress of the week or set you so you can reset 
and be prepared for the up and coming week. And we spend an hour going through some slow moving stretches. The hour goes by so fast, but you get to learn how to move with your breath. In addition to that, I share tips on my Instagram and you can see some of the crazy poses that I learned how to do and challenges. And it's also at Simply Fit and Curvy Yoga. But I do actually have a course where I teach you called Discover Yoga. I show you how to set a contract with yourself, connect with an accountability partner, and then you get to learn about the different pranayama styles. So you can learn breathing techniques that just takes five minutes. And then you could learn foundation poses that you can use for warm-ups or just to start your day if you only have 15 minutes. And then we actually dabble into some flows that goes around 45 to 55 minutes. So I, I try to just provide different ways depending on your learning style and offer myself and, and teaching abilities and in different platforms. Wonderful. And do you then have classes that people can sign up for after they've done the basics and they know what they're, they have a clue? <laughs> can they come in and work with you on a regular basis? Yes, I do have, you can drop in anytime, can drop in um, by signing up on uh, Simply Fit and Curvy Yoga. I'm actually changing the themes for the month. Every month I change up the themes of the class. A lot of them are beginner friendly and I do offer free challenges. So even if you only want to just learn like a pose a day, I have like a seven day challenge that's free that you can learn one pose a day for seven days to see how it feels and test your levels. Because I believe sometimes we label ourselves as beginners, but what I've learned is your body, and if you try, you actually can do some intermediate and advanced postures your first try, but you have to be exposed to it and, and try it to know where you start. So I like introducing everything in levels, show you your level one, level two, level three, so if you're at level one, you know how to work up to the other two levels, or you can just start right there. So that way is just dabbling some exposure to stuff that you normally would kind of be intimidated by just by sight. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That sounds like a great approach. So speaking of, you kind of talked about this, but speaking of consistency, right? Um, it, and I heard what you said about having an accountability partner, which I do a strategic accountability coaching, so I'm all about accountability, right? And having somebody that you're just declaring it to the world is not that effective, but having somebody that you're checking in with regularly gives you a 95% chance of achieving your goal. So it doesn't matter if it's yoga or whatever, or eating any, anything you want to achieve business. If you have a partner, it's huge. So I love that. And then I heard you say, putting things on your calendar and I would add sticking with it and not cannibalizing that time, right? As a mom, I noticed that what I used to do a lot was I'd block some time for something. And then of course, that was the only time there was an opening at the dentist for like a month or like something would take that time. And then I'd be like, well, darn, I didn't get in my workout today. I didn't do the thing. I really had self-care planned for myself and I gave it away. So just fair warning, right? Like if you set that time, expect things to come up in that time. Right. So always in, in, in those cases, because it happens being mm -hmm. moms, we will get pulled for appointments and yeah. cancellations and all that happens. And then some, so it's always, at least if you can squeeze it in 
you could put your mat by your bed. So when you roll out of bed, you can just get five stretches in. At least you did something. But the key is just to get to the habit of moving. The more you do it, the more you feel great, the more you will work around it. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's the hardest point for people is the beginning point. And unless it really catches fire in you immediately. For some people it does, right? Like, mm -hmm. like the first time you do it, like, oh my gosh, why didn't I know about this? But, <laughs> but not everybody's a quick start like that. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer to start to get used to it and start to notice how you feel. So do you have like a recommendation for people that are starting, like try it for at least three weeks? Is there some, is there some point at which you notice people like settling in? I recommend a 20 minute window. Um, that is like the prime point. You can really get a good warm up. You can hit a peak pose and then you can get a good cool down all in that time. And you can at least feel some of the benefits with that short window. Um, as long as you put a good intention in into it, it can feel like an hour because your intent is there. Once you get used to that at least twice a week, then you can add on an extra 10 minutes or an extra 20 minutes. But if you shoot for just 20 minutes, that makes it more doable because you can manage that time easier. And then you can spread that out because you could do 20 minutes in the morning or 20 minutes at night. That hour could just throw you off. You won't be consistent. That's so true. We have some of us, not all of us, but I'm the personality type that I would just say I'm going to do a whole hour and then like injure myself <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like I'll just throw myself in and I'm like, oh shoot, I, I probably should have eased into this a little bit more. I think we want, at the end of the day, you want your students to have an experience of success. So if success is 10 minutes to begin with, my goodness, do something that you can walk away and feel proud about. And maybe you have to work up to the 20 minutes, right? And then feel right about the 20 minutes. That's just my personality type. I throw myself into everything. It's kind of like jumping and then asking if the pool had water in it. So <laughs> yes, it, that's how it can be. Yeah, that yeah. In this case, like it's really smart to be thoughtful about what you really can manage so that you have the experience of I did it, not I didn't do it. Right. Because then you can overdo it. You're already tired because you have so much on your plate. Mm -hmm. So at least just start with just giving yourself a piece of something mm -hmm. and then you can work on half a cake and then a whole cake yeah. for yourself. That's <laughs> the way I always look at it. Start with a slice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And so I know we're just about out of time, but this is really a self-care practice, isn't it? Yes. It's, it really helps you fill your cup because it, it's something that, especially as a mother, we can easily miss because we tend to, you know, want to put out kids ahead of us, our spouse ahead of us, everyone goes ahead of us and we go on a back burner. But this gives you the opportunity to actually put yourself first. And you need to work with, in order to help others, you have to come from a full cup. And this is a way to replenish that energy um, that sometimes could just drain you. And you can't be successful in anything if you don't have the energy for it. Yeah. 100%. Well, Kenya, it's been really fun to have you on the show and to have this conversation with you. I would encourage any of you listening, if you're ready to take a step in a direction of yoga and you need some basics and Kenya is lovely and warm as you can tell, and she'd be 
just, I can tell she'd be such an encouragement to you if this was the direction you were going. And I think it's easily, you can easily be intimidated thinking about, oh, I'm gonna start yoga, but wow, honestly, having it be online and not having to be in a room of sweaty people in a sweaty city and, you know, being like completely overwhelmed by just what happened in there. I was completely overwhelmed because the class I stepped into was very serious, right? No oh. music, no sound, so massive sweating going on. And I remember looking oh. around and thinking, what am I doing here? Like, this is probably not the best thing, but my friends talked me into it. This is like so attainable right now. It is such a safe way to put yourself into yoga and see how you feel in the privacy of your own home and right. take that step and nobody's watching and you can be as you know dorky as you you are uncoordinated right nobody knows exactly and you don't even have to sit in traffic and get stressed out finding a parking spot to get there you're yeah, already home totally. <laughs> you're, you're home you can just do this like you said just put the yoga mat roll it out next to your bed and, and and either start there in the morning or end there right before you crawl into that cozy bed at nighttime if you'd like to explore the idea of yoga as a way of self-care and as a way of getting some tools that can really help you with management of the stress as being a mom or a wife or business owner i really encourage you to connect with kenya and Kenya, we will put the information in the show notes. So if you're looking for her, you'll be able to find her website. Simply Fit and Curvy Yoga is where you can find Kenya. So thanks so much for being on the show, Kenya. And I hope to see you again. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have thanks a good day, Robin. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is The Liberated Life. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at quittingculture.com.